Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble. I'm your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, August 6th, we will be breaking down all of the games that happened uh, August 5th. And I'll be honest with you guys, they, they were not the strongest games that we've had. Probably the weakest day of games uh, we've had so far in the restart, so we'll make it nice and quick. I'll give you your daily injury report as well as previews of all of today's headlines for the games going on this afternoon. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. Okay, let's kick things off with our daily injury report. This was submitted 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time last night. I am recording this bright and early today, so they have not uploaded the injury report this morning. Uh, Just one team has not submitted, um, or two teams, sorry, have not submitted as of right now, but we can go through the ones that have. So for Pelicans at Kings, just Marvin Bagley out, so expect to see Everybody else out there on the floor, including Zion Williamson. At 4 p.m., we have Indiana at Phoenix. Uh, For that game, notable injuries would be Malcolm Brogdon is listed as questionable due to a cervical strain. Jeremy Lamb is still out. DeMontis Sabonis is still out. On the Sun side of the ball, uh, Aaron Baines is out with a right knee contusion. Uh, Elia Kobo is still out also with a right ankle sprain, and Kelly Oubre Jr. has moved from out to doubtful with that right knee rehab. Miami Heat at Milwaukee, Jimmy Butler is still listed as out with some right foot soreness, so hopefully he'll be doing okay. Goran Dragic is listed as questionable. As we saw, he sprained that left ankle at the end of the last Heat game. Uh, Milwaukee, nothing to report on that side of the ball. For the Clippers at Mavs game, Seth Curry is listed as doubtful with some right leg soreness. Um, And on the Clippers side of the ball, Pat Bev is out with a left calf strain and Montrez Harrell is still uh, no longer with, well, he's not with the team anymore. He's he's still a Clipper, I just mean that he had to leave the bubble uh, due to a family emergency. The Blazers are at Denver at 8 o'clock. That has not yet been submitted, uh, but I would imagine that uh, the only person of note on the injury list would be Jamal Murray. Uh, Perhaps he will have moved to being available to play now. We will see later on. And finally, last game of the night, Lakers at Houston. The Lakers have not submitted their injury report yet. And on the Rockets side of the ball, most notably, Eric Gordon is still out with a left ankle sprain, and Russell Westbrook is listed as questionable due to a right quad uh, contusion. So potentially no Russell Westbrook, but that'll do it for today's daily injury report. Let's break down some games quickly from yesterday. So I'm going to make this nice and quick because, as I mentioned at the top, the games from yesterday... uh, not, not that they were bad by any means, but it was probably the least competitive day uh, of play that we've had with most games being um, not, not not within five points, multiple being uh, over ten points uh, one by. So we'll break through, uh, we'll go through three of them in a little bit more detail, um, and then the other three I will just mention. So let's kick things off with Grizzlies versus Jazz. 
the Grizzlies losing another game here. They are now 0-4 in the restart, losing to the Jazz 124-115. Let's take a look at the Jazz's uh, box score. Joe Ingles was the highest scorer on the team with 25 points, going for 7 of 13 from the field, 6 of 11 from 3. So a great game by Joe Ingles, one of my, my favorite guys in the NBA. Uh, Mike Conley had another good game with 23 points, going 6 of 13 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, also dishing out 7 assists. Rudy Gobert had 20, uh, 21 points, going 5 of 9 from the field, and 11 of 12 from the free throw line, so a really solid game from him from the charity stripe, as well as pulling down 16 rebounds. Uh, Donovan Mitchell also had 18 points, and Royce O'Neal had 15. So all members of the starting lineup for the Jazz scoring above 15 points, uh, maybe starting to figure out that offense a little more. The Grizzlies, uh, on the other hand, uh, let's take a look at how they managed uh, the uh, John Morant had 20 points on 8 of 15 from the field with 9 assists and 6 rebounds. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had 21 points on 8 of 17 from the field with 14 rebounds. And Dylan Brooks had 23 points uh, going 7 of 17 from the field. Uh, just 1 of 5 from 3 though, so definitely disappointing from that end. Uh, and Grayson Allen had 20 points off the bench going 6 of 8 from 3. Um, so this game... Uh, I watched a very limited amount of. Uh, a lot of the games that happened yesterday, I didn't get a chance to watch because they were on uh, regional-specific uh, TV channels, which meant that they weren't available in my area. Um, however, I've seen highlights from them uh, and read recaps, and none of them were particularly close, other than the ones that I actually did get to watch, and we will talk about that in a little bit more detail. Uh, so Grizzlies Jazz... Uh, not much to say other than the fact that this is incredibly disappointing for the Grizzlies. Starting 0-4 is really bad, uh, especially given the position that the other nine seeds are in now. The Grizzlies were lucky that the Nuggets later beat the Spurs. Uh, that's definitely helpful for them. But with the Trailblazers uh, playing again today, this time against the Nuggets, I think it is looking more and more unlikely that the Grizzlies even get the nine seed. I think it's entirely possible that the Trailblazers are going to take eight, and then the Suns or the Spurs or the Pelicans will take the nine seed. Um, Grizzlies being horribly affected by that injury um, of Jaron Jackson Jr. So real commiserations to them. I feel incredibly bad given the the great start to the season that they had until the hiatus. And now they've just been incredibly unlucky with the way their schedule turned out and also injuries. So um, really disappointing for Memphis fans. Apologies to them. Okay, uh, briefly, the 76ers beat the Wizards 107-98. to Not too much to talk about there. Joel Embiid had 30 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, ben Simmons only had 8 points but managed to grab 6 rebounds and 4 assists. Tobias Harris had 17 points. On the wizard side of the ball, I can promise you nothing interesting happened. So moving on from them, we had Nuggets at Spurs with the Nuggets walking away with the win 132 to 126, which is uh, helpful for both the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. They're going to want to see the Spurs uh, losing games, definitely not winning them. Let's break down this box score very quickly. Michael Porter Jr. had another 30-point game going 11 of 19 from the field. So uh, some consistent efficiency from him. He also grabbed 15 rebounds, so uh, definitely looking like the bubble is going well for Michael Porter Jr. 
Nikola Jokic had 25 points, going 10 of 17 from the field. He also had 11 assists and 4 rebounds. Uh, and Jeremy Grant had 22 points off the bench, going 8 for 14 from the field. On the Spurs side of the ball, um, Derek White had 23 points, going 6 of 15 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had 18 points, 5 of 11 from the field. Rudy Gay, 24 points off the bench. And Johnson also with 20 points off the bench. So um, I didn't get to watch this game. Um, from what I can see, uh, the Nuggets essentially just dominated um, through the fourth quarter. That was really the point where uh, they managed to turn the game uh, with the Spurs outscoring them through the first half. Uh, The Nuggets then coming back stronger, outscoring them in both the third and the fourth. Um, I won't go into any more detail because I didn't get to watch the game, but that's uh, an important win for the Nuggets and a disappointing loss for the Spurs. Um, The next game that we had was Thunder versus Lakers, and this is a game that I absolutely did watch. I'm loving watching the Thunder in the bubble. They are so fantastic, even without Dennis Schroeder, which is incredibly impressive from them. Uh, they managed to walk away with a win from this game. Uh, they won 105-86, to so a 19-point win. Very impressive by the Thunder. Uh, let's break down the box score. So, Chris Paul, 21 points, leading the team on that end of the floor. 8 of 12 from the field, also grabbing 7 boards and dishing out 6 dimes. We had Danilo Gallinari with 19 points, going 5 of 13 from the field with seven rebounds. Not his most efficient shooting game, but uh, not bad by any means. Steven Adams had 18 points despite having a very nasty fall, which I thought was going to result in a much greater injury. Uh, He came down on his left leg with JaVale McGee landing on top of it, and it, it popped up. They kept going to the replay, and it was very gross to watch, but I was really happy to see that he was able to return to the game later on and, and look to be um, you know, limping slightly, but not not in pain by any means. Uh, we also had uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander with 13 points. Then, on the Lakers side of the ball, I don't know what happened here, but this Lakers team just could not score. And it's not like they played incredibly limited minutes for their starters. Chris Paul played 31 minutes for the Thunder. To give you a comparison, LeBron played 30 minutes for the Lakers, and Anthony Davis played 29. So, not like uh, the Lakers were resting their starters particularly, but LeBron had 19 points, going 7 of 19 from the field. So, continuing his poor shooting performances that we've seen throughout the bubble, He also uh, grabbed 11 rebounds with only 4 assists. Anthony Davis had 9 points in 29 minutes, going 3 of 11 from the field and 0 of 3 from 3 with 8 rebounds and 5 assists. I suppose uh, completely unable to take advantage of the the pure strength that is Steven Adams. The next highest scorer on the team from the Lakers is Dion Waiters, who had 14 points in his 26 minutes of play. Uh, the Lakers just really unable to score in in any capacity. The the Thunder the only quarter where they weren't able to outscore the Lakers was in the second, where the Lakers outscored them by one point. Uh, other than that, the Thunder just dominated this game. I don't know um, quite what happened on the Lakers side 
of the ball, especially I I thought that the Thunder were going to do particularly badly in this game, given the fact that Dennis Schroeder is out with his wife following the birth of uh, their new son. So kind of couldn't believe it, to, to be honest with you. But if we take a look at the statistics, it, it gives you a little bit more of a story of what happened. So both teams shot horrifically from the three-point line. The Lakers just shooting so much worse. The Thunder shot 21% from three, going five of 24, which you probably think is bad, until you hear that the Lakers shot 13.5% from three, going five of 37 from the field. My lord, from the free uh, three-point line, going 35% from the field, with the Thunder going 43%. So, oh my gosh, what a horrible shooting game for both teams. Um, the free throw line, the Thunder shot immensely better and shot a lot more uh, free throws. They shot 32 for 36 from the charity stripe. The Lakers shooting just 19 for 29, which is 65.5%. But honestly, what I would say is I'm not worried about this Lakers team by any means. I still think they absolutely have the potential to go to the finals. But I think that in a couple of games, we've been seeing the real limited depth of this squad, with Dion Waiters consistently being the third highest scorer on the team, Anthony Davis and LeBron both struggling to have consistent games against certainly what would be expected to be weaker teams. I thought that this Thunder team had absolutely no hope without Dennis Schroeder winning this game, but that should teach me to never count out Chris Paul. But wow. Um, not, again, not not worried. If you're a Lakers fan, this is no need to be concerned. LeBron and AD is still going to turn it up in the playoffs, as uh, we know that LeBron certainly is capable of, and we're sure that Anthony Davis is going to follow suit. But, like, wow, a lot of teams giving the Lakers a real run for their money. The Raptors walking away with the win. The Thunder now walking away with a win. The Lakers' uh, next game that they'll be playing uh, is against the Rockets today. So I don't know if they were somewhat trying to save themselves for that game, but I can absolutely see the Rockets walking away with that win. So potentially couple-game losing streak um, for the Lakers. Um, overall, that is. I know that they had the Lakers-Jazz game in between that they were able to win, but... Certainly disappointing for the Lakers. I know they've locked up the one seed, so none of this actually matters to them anymore. But you still want to see the team performing well. That's definitely important at this point. When you're playing your starters 30 minutes a game, you shouldn't be losing games if you're the Lakers and your opponent is the Thunder. It, it just shouldn't be possible with LeBron and Anthony Davis performing at the level that they're absolutely capable of. Uh, but that that about does it for that game. I just I'm really impressed with the Thunder. They continue to impress me every time I watch them. Uh, they remind me of the Raptors in a sense of they're just a good team, and that's a, that's saying a lot given the fact that once you go past their starting lineup, there's really no one of note on the team other than uh, Dennis Schroeder who comes off the bench, but is a part of their crunch time lineup. So you may as well include him in the starting five. Really, yeah, it just surprising that the Lakers weren't able to put that one away and, and lost in such a dramatic fashion by so many points. Uh, rest of the games of the evening, I'll just touch on very briefly. The Raptors beat the Magic 109-99, with Fred Van Fleet once again being the leading scorer on the Raptors. 
uh, with 21 points. Fred Van Fleet, the finals MVP, mark my words, it could happen. We've seen crazier things. Uh, in the bubble, who knows what could happen. I, I would love to see Fred Van Fleet walking away with a finals MVP trophy. It would probably be Kyle Lowry if the Raptors did end up winning, but who knows? Fred steps up in the big moment, so Raptors putting away the magic without too much hassle there. And then the final game of the night, which was by far the worst um, last game um, of a day that we've had since the restart began, with the Celtics winning 149-115 to over the Nets. Um, not particularly high-scoring performances by anyone on the Celtics. A lot of uh, minutes being played by Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart, with considerably less minutes being played by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum just playing 18, Brown playing 24, so the Celtics kind of choosing to rest those guys as much as possible um, for this game. Gordon Hayward giving him a little bit more time because he's been looking nice and confident. I imagine just letting him have the space to breathe uh, in this in a lineup without Tatum and Brown will just continue to feed into his confidence. And then Marcus Smart hadn't been shooting the ball particularly well, so they played him 33 minutes. He was able to put up 12 points, which is uh, significantly more than he's been doing in the last couple games. Romeo Langford even played extensive minutes, which is, I believe, the first of him that we've really seen in the bubble. Uh, with Yeah, the Celtics ended up playing... 13 different players in this game, so a lot. And the Nets, well, they're, they're the bubble Nets. Karis LeVert had 13 points. Joe Harris had 14. Musa had 13. Jeremiah Martin had 30, uh, had 20. So um, not too much to say about this game. Just a very convincing Celtics win. I watched some of it, uh, and it became very clear very quickly that the Celtics were going to walk away with that win without much trouble. So those were all the games that happened yesterday. Let's give you a quick rundown of everything that is happening today. So we have Pelicans-Kings happening at 1.30. Uh, if the Kings want a shot of running for that 9 seed or the Pelicans, uh, an important game for both of them here, I would expect that the Pelicans could walk away with a win here depending on how well the Kings are able to shoot the ball from 3 because the Kings have been looking pretty nice in the bubble, so I wouldn't put it past them to walk away with the win. I think if Zion plays up to 30 minutes, then I think it is the Pelicans to lose. We have the Heat at the Bucks happening at 4 p.m., which I'm expecting to be a very uh, highly contested game. However, uh, the lack of Jimmy Butler could give the Milwaukee Bucks the opportunity to run away with this one. However, we were able to see the Heat walk away with that win uh, against the Celtics, despite Jimmy Butler's... Um, lack of play um, the other day, so I'm not putting it past the Heat to pull off an upset here, depending on um, whether the Bucks are choosing to rest their starters again, we'll have to see how many minutes are going to be played by Giannis, Brooke Lopez, etc., uh, Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe also played limited minutes in the last game, so very dependent on that. If they play lower minutes, I can absolutely see the Heat walking away with a win, um, similar to the Kings. Uh, if the Heat get really hot from three, I think they have the potential to win that game for sure. At the same time, four o'clock, Pacers and Suns are going up against each other. So TJ Warren against Devin Booker, two players who have been very hot the last few games, uh, really unable to miss. So that could be a very high-profile offensive game. Could see some big numbers from both of those guys, which would be exciting. 
The Clippers and Mavericks are playing at 6.30, which I think will be a real test of the Mavericks. Um, it'll definitely put their offense to work, having to go against such a strong defensive team. Uh, Patrick Beverly is out. It'll be interesting to see who they have guarding Luka, uh, how much time they'll spend with Kawhi or Paul George on him, and how he's able to deal with that will be very interesting to watch. We have the Trailblazers at Nuggets at 8 p.m., which I truly believe um, the Trailblazers can win. I think the Trailblazers are on such a hot streak right now. They look phenomenal. The team is rolling. Damian Lillard is playing out of his mind. CJ McCollum playing really nicely. Nurkic has returned from injury like he hasn't even missed a day. And I think with the Nuggets most likely going to continue to be missing Jamal Murray, I I think that the Trailblazers are going to win that one. And then finally, last game of the night, Lakers-Rockets. What a matchup to end the night. This is what I'm talking about. That's a good Thursday TNT basketball game. I think the Rockets are going to win. I think that even without Russell Westbrook, I think that they really do have the capabilities of winning right now. I think that the Lakers are going to get freaked out by the, the small ball lineup. I don't think they're going to be able to adapt to it particularly well. And I think James Harden is going to go for 50 points tonight. So that, that's what I think is happening. That's my little preview for today's games. I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you out there who are taking the time to listen to me talk about basketball, my greatest passion. So thank you for listening. I will be back tomorrow with all of the action from today's games as well as your daily injury report and preview of tomorrow's games. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you again.